The Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and just back from his changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes, Mr. Shane Reeves. I'll tell you what, it was great. It was nice to get away, but before we get into any of that, I have a terribly important question to ask. Okay. It's October. Mm-hmm. Halloween's coming up. If Glenda and I dress as Fred and Wilma, would you and the producer be willing to do Barney and Betty so we can go to some of these parties? <laughs> we are. It depends when the parties are. We are going to be out of town for Halloween, for Halloween itself and the weekend following. But anything leading up to it, uh, that's a, that's probably a question for the executive producer. But I, uh, they, they might be able to happen. You wouldn't be offended being Barney to my Fred? No. Okay. Well, good. I, I need somebody to help push the car. So that's important. That's important stuff. You keep putting more miles on your truck, and we'll actually need to push it. <laughs> yeah, the word, the rate it's going, I may be able through the floorboard before I know it. <laughs> but let's. So I'm going to talk about tonight. I want to talk about some of the cigar shops I visited on my way to Mobile, on All my right. way down to get onto the cruise boat. So. I had a great experience at Sanctuary Cigars. I'll get into the full review of the store, but it relates to the cigar I brought you. All right. So I went into the humidor, and I said, hey, I've never seen this cigar before, a La Galera. Never seen a La Galera before. Where are they made? Don't know. Okay. Well, what's in them? Well, I don't know that either. I said, okay. I said, um... So we pick up the box, and me and the assistant look at the bottom of the box, and, of course, it just doesn't say at all where they're from, where they come from. I sat down, lit it, and in three puffs, I looked over at my wife, and I said, this cigar is X and Y. And the guy behind the counter looked at us in in, in disbelief. Sure enough, Googled it. I was dead on. So the challenge tonight... You've now cut it. You've now cold drawn. You have three puffs to tell me the recipe of that cigar. All right. We'll we'll, we'll see how this goes down. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty bold challenge. That's it a, is. Especially, I know you've been here a while today. This is probably, what, your fourth? Second. Oh, only your second. Only okay, so second. you did try to preserve a little palate knowing this challenge was I did. Coming. I am fresh off a cup of coffee, though, so we'll see how that plays into it. That kind of helped tame it down. Look at the little, there was a nice elastic glittery foot on the, or band on the foot. You can see it's actually left some indentation yeah. on the foot of the cigar. Well, it was a good cigar. I enjoyed the cigar thoroughly. I mean, it was fun. We were sitting there. Football game was on. We've been driving most of the day because we drove down there on a Sunday. So it was nice to kind of take a break and have a late lunch and sit down and have a good cigar and all that before making the final push on the mobile. It's got a great draw. Yeah, the draw was excellent. The flavor... I really like the flavor, and it's not overwhelming. It's not like, you know, when we talked about this last night, you were saying, oh, it must have had some San Andreas in it. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider it an act of skill if I pulled San Andreas and Maduro and Matafina. You know, those are such bold flavors. Now, it's an act of skill to pull the flavors that I pulled forth from that cigar. I see. And yeah, uh, there's definitely no San Andreas in here. I, I would not be bragging had I picked that one up and said San Andreas. <laughs> and I can assure you of that. But while you evaluate your cigar, I'm going to give you a few extra minutes. And uh, I'm going to be smoking tonight the Oscar Valadares Superfly. Now, this cigar is reputed to be their strongest cigar they've made. It came out at the IPCPR in 2019. Um, it's a... 
San Andreas wrapper over a Honduran binder from the Copan region and fillers from Honduras, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic. So there's a lot, a lot going on in this cigar. Yeah. I'm interested to see. I picked this up at Bush's Cigars, which we'll cover in just a little bit. And I, and I didn't take it on my cruise, but I left it in the glove compartment of the car for a week. So when I came in here the other day, I put it in the humidifier. Feels like the humidity's back to where it should be. All right. You notice I got a little crack in the foot where it's set in that you sure do. glove yeah. compartment. But that, you know, you smoke through I'm that pretty quick. I'm surprised you don't. I'm, although I have had some issues with that happening lately, and I'm sometimes it keeps going. So it is something to be mindful of. I'm surprised you didn't just take it with you. I meant to, but in the rush of pulling all of my stuff out and getting everything, you know, to the boat and all that stuff, I just didn't think about it. And I already had my, you know, my humidor packed. Right. So it was not a big deal. Not Could a have been huge a matter loss. of not having room. Would have been my, would have been my guess. So before you render your judgment, for you, for you see if you may pass or fail, and I'm making this easier on you. You don't have to call out wrapper, filler, binder. You just got to call out the regions the tobacco comes from because that's all I did, and I'll be, I'm being honest here. So you just got to name a couple of the regions that the tobacco you're smoking is from. Now, while I light my cigar, how are you going about formulating this opinion? Uh, the f- it tastes very familiar. But I have smoked so many different cigars over the course of the last few years. And not just a, a bunch of cigars in terms of quantity of how much I've smoked, but also since we started doing the show two and a half years ago or two and three quarters years ago, um, I've smoked a lot of different cigars. So while my memory may be picking up on something that I know I've tasted before. Right. Right. Then I'm. You've got it in there. Yeah. There, there we go. go. Sorry. Right. I, sorry, everybody. I had to move my microphone. Um, I felt like a hunchback of Notre Dame trying to record out here. So I know I've tasted some of these flavors before. So now it's a matter of trying to go back and figure out where it was. I there's there's some similarities to La Aurora in here. And now he's fishing folks he's no, trying no, no, no. he's trying to get me to give away something but no, i play no, poker I, every week so <laughs> i'm not i'm not giving it away no no i'm just saying i'm but i'm trying to figure out because the dna is so different from the 107 so trying to narrow down is it is it dominican is it nicaraguan is it is it a, is it the wrapper that i'm tasting is it the filler that i'm tasting that sort of thing I'm just trying to kind of narrow down where those where it's hitting me on my tongue. I'm it's a lot spicier than I was expecting. Um, hitting me on the back of the tongue. It's interesting. Um, it's also one of those things that if if you hadn't thrown down the gauntlet, I probably could have done it. But now I'm taking it too yeah, dang now. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now now I'm in your head. Yeah. Exactly right. I and don't not just play because you're wearing room. headphones. <laughs> But now I'm in your head because I've already done it correctly and I have witnesses. Well, I before we move on, I want to say this because I want to I want to for when I get this wrong in a few minutes, I want to go ahead and say th- because you did it this weekend. There is no better feeling in the world. Oh no! Than blind testing, blind tasting a cigar. I was in uh, Texas. I don't think I've told this story on the show before. I was in Texas about two years ago, and. I was there for the anniversary of, uh, event for Enfuego Cigars in Rockwall. 
uh, which is where I used to hang out when I lived there. And the Perdomo rep in Texas is a good friend of mine. He used to own Wise Ash. He's actually the founder of Wise Ash Cigars in Georgia before he moved back to Texas. And so I was there hanging out with him, catching up and that sort of thing. And I, and I'm smoking their house cigar. They made and they made a house specialty cigar just for this event, like a huge Perdomo shop. And so I light one up, and I immediately look over at John and I said, "That's the Maduro, that's the Maduro squared." I was like, "That that without a doubt is the Perdomo Maduro squared, just with a house label on it." And he just gave me one of those knowing nods, and I was like, "Yes." That is the best feeling in the world. Well, but now, deducing the cigar as a whole, as opposed to breaking it down into the individual ingredients, now that's a, that's a little more that's a little more challenging. Yeah. When you really come down to it, because I, I really wish when the guy behind the counter's jaw dropped, I'd had like a cigar cast business card and tossed it at him like a throwing star, and it right. you know, stabbed into the wall next to him. Cigar cast, shame. <laughs> <laughs> but. But anyway, okay, so that we can move on to something else. Talk about Sanctuary Cigars first. <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to milk this for every opportunity. You're, you're, I, although I do think I've already tasted everything it's going to give me. I just I'm, I don't have an answer yet. So Sanctuary Cigars in Montgomery, Alabama. Montgomery is beautiful. I always like Montgomery. It's on the way down there to, um, to Mobile, and we usually stop through there. I've always stopped before at Prattville, which is just outside of Montgomery, Prattville Cigars, but I wanted something different this time. Beautiful, well-lit humidor. I don't think people realize how important the well-lit humidor is. The humidor is laid out beautifully. It's elaborate. Um, they have four different rooms. You know, you have the humidor, and then you have the lounge with multiple seating areas. Then you have another room that's obviously a theater sport lounge type room. Yeah. And then in the back, you actually have a game room. They have, you know, have drinks on tap, everything like that. It was actually a doctor had started it after he retired. They, you know, it's funny because in the picture here on their website at sanctuaries-cigars.com, the, humi- oh, yeah. the humidor looks a lot better than that. Really? Yes, because that shows overstock on the shelves above. They don't have none of that. They've got cabinets and they've got the overstock down below that, which I like in a cigar shop. I always feel like it's a little fancier, you know, when you go and there's not boxes and boxes of cigars on top. That's one thing that Costa Monte Cristo does really well is that they've got, I mean, they've got tons of backstock, but they, it's not just sitting out. It's hidden behind cabinet doors and things like that. So it just has a much more professional put together look at all times. Yeah. So they, they do a great job there. Really like it. Big GTO retailer. And I also. Most of the Deep South is. Yeah, Oscar makes the rounds. He does. He, he really does. Dr. Oscar makes the rounds. They just picked up McAuliffe, just had a McAuliffe event there okay. Sunday or Saturday on our way back. We seen that they had it. We didn't stop because we were ready to get home. Right. But they had a McAuliffe event. So they're a great place. If you have a chance, stop at Sanctuary Cigars. And I'll at 7813 Vaughn Road in Montgomery, Alabama. It's right in downtown. It's a building. It's not in a strip mall. It looks like it used to be a jewelry store. Is what this building really looks like. Okay. I mean, if you see the outside of the building, it's really, really looks like it used to be a jewelry store. I was really surprised because you know when you're when you're doing these cigar lounges, you kind of you know you get the address, 
but you don't necessarily know the area and know what you're going to be getting into? Yeah. No, you could end up uh, in a pretty sketch neighborhood where it's basically a billiards hall or a bar in kind of a seedy area that happens to sell cigars, or you could end up in a super exclusive lounge and you just don't know. Yeah, it, it's kind of, you know... But Especially course, in Montgomery, Alabama. You're kind of taking your fate into your own hands at that well, point. And there is, but there are some indicators. You know, I always check the website. If the website says anything about vaping or glass, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if, they have, if they sell vaping supplies and they sell glass, which are the, I guess, the crack pipes or whatever they are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so if they sell that stuff, I'm out. I'm not yeah. going to go there. You can always zoom out on Google Maps, too, and just look at the stuff that highlights around... The other thing, um, it, depending on how much of a um, detective you want to be, and Montgomery is too small a town to do this in, but if you're ever in a big city and you want to find a cigar shop that you know you can trust, Google the Cheesecake Factory and then start your search from there. Start from the Cheesecake Factory and work your they way out. They never put a Cheesecake Factory in a bad part of town or even close. That's true. So if you start with Cheesecake Factory, you know you're in a good part of town, and then whatever's closest to that. Heard it here, folks. This is how we find a cigar factory, a cigar <laughs> store. We start with the one closest to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and it pulls double duty. Yeah. And if you, I don't care for the Cheesecake Factory, but anyway, that's, right, not, anyway. that's neither here nor there. It is time for you to render, uh, render the ingredients, the regions of the tobacco of the cigar, which you now have in your hand. It's 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 spicy like a Nicaraguan, but it tastes Dominican. I'm gonna say it's Dominican. Okay, that's a start. And it is there, okay. it is Dominican. It is a Dominican cigar. It's Dominican filler and binders, actually. Okay. But can you name the wrapper? I want to say Connecticut Broadleaf. Yeah, I had a feeling. I picked I picked it up. I took three puffs. I said Ecuadorian and Dominican. And it was sure enough. Ecuadorian e- Sumatra wrapper? Habano Ecuadorian wrapper. Oh, okay. And the binder is Dominican Corojo, and the filler is Criollo 98, Piloto Cubano, and Pilo de Oro. The Criollo is what was throwing me off. Oh. That's what was... Yeah, the Criollo... It which, has such a unique flavor, but you tend to taste it more in Nicaraguan cigars. Well, I could tell. I, I, I knew can't tell the you the last time I had there. an Ecuadorian cigar. Yeah, and this does have the Palo de Oro, which was in the Traveler that we both smoked this weekend. If you look at the Facebook page, right, the one Luciano gave us, the Traveler, um, excellent cigar. I happened to smoke mine laying at the Blue Lagoon on a beach, very relaxed, and took it easy. You did yours in traffic while I you did. were while you were running errands. And I, I've got to learn you how to treat a good cigar. I, re- well, I really think there's something wrong. But, but there. the thing is, I wasn't running errands. Uh, I was. They were fun errands, if that makes sense. So it wasn't like I was in traffic on the way to work or something. But it was the first time I'd it, since we got that cigar where I really had a morning where I wanted a morning cigar because he told us that that was a, a perfect cigar for the first one of the day. And it finally, you know, the planets aligned and the heavens opened up. It's like, okay, this is my cigar. And it was perfect. Well, and it's funny. It's it's romance that you and I both knew we would be, we were both smoking the same cigar a world apart. Right. <laughs> How romantic. <laughs> okay. So I went also went to Booch's, B-O-U-C-H-S. This is um, 
It is not in Montgomery. Um, it's outside of Mobile. Booch's Cigars. And all. It's on Dolphin Avenue, like you're going to Dolphin Island. Okay. And, all. and is, that, is it Dolphin or Dolphin? It's, it's Dolphin. It is Dolphin. D-A-U-P-H-I-N-E. I don't know about Booch's. Um, I went in the humidor and I asked my question. What do you have that I can't get somewhere else? Now, was this a small little uh, bungalow kind of place? Yeah, kind of a hole in the wall in the in the middle of downtown. In the middle of downtown Dauphin? Yeah. Yeah, very touristy. Very touristy. Um. Okay, so it wasn't a standalone building? No. Okay, this is not the place I went in Mobile then. No, it's not a standalone building. You're probably talking about the tinderbox in Mobile. No. But anyway, so went there... And I said, what do you have here that I can't get somewhere else? And he said, well, what are you looking for? Is that not like asking, okay, so, uh, hey, I would like to know something. Okay, what don't you know? Well, if I knew it, how would I, you know, if you know to ask, you would just ask for that. You, who, right. would, who would come in saying, what can I get that I, here that I can't get nowhere else with something in mind? Right. Wouldn't you just ask for the cigar? It's yeah. kind of a, a roundabout way of thinking. The guy was kind of standoffish. The guy mm-hmm. really um, it was the owner, but he was really kind of standoffish. Not um, not a real welcoming experience. I did not have the greatest of welcoming experiences. And the interesting part, um, I went in there and I said, oh, you still have Nat Sherman stuff. He says, well, we're the number one Nat Sherman selling shop in the southeast. Which that's not something to brag about, but okay. I said, "Well, why are you selling Nat Sherman?" Because you know I have to ask. You know he he had already he had already established that he and I were not going to be best buds, right? You know he kind of already established that from the get go. So I had to just go ahead and go for. But why are you supporting a company that came out against the premium cigar exemption exemption legislation? Oh, he was misquoted. So let it me was t- his own press re- press release. So let me tell you something. If he was misquoted, why is he not launched? I mean, let's give the man the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he was misquoted. Why has he not launched the biggest defamation lawsuit? I mean, lawyers should be right. beating down his door begging for him to launch this lawsuit because he can clearly show where here's 200 posts on Facebook the day that I was misquoted where they threw my cigars out into the street. Right. And also, I'm. I'm not a big fan of booches. Right. And all that. To me, that seems like, you know, common sense would say, okay, if he was misquoted, he would definitely be suing the brains out of aficionado, half-wheel, the cigar cast, and everybody else he could get his hands on. So I was really, really not that excited about booches. But anyway, sanctuary, so one, one for one. Yeah, and it, you do have, you do run into a possible, I mean, there is some... There's a modicum of risk when you're trying out a new shop in a new city, again, where you don't know what the neighborhoods are like, that sort of thing. Well, and this guy kind of had felt like he was sick to death of tourists, which if you're going to live in a tourist town and you're going to be a cigar shop, you probably ought to not be sick of tourists. Right. But he kind of gave me the vibe of he was pretty sick of tourists and all, and that I was just another tourist and all. But anyway, so... Except that if you're someone like that, wouldn't you like the tourists? Because then they're going to be gone. They're not going to know what a jerk you are, and they're, you don't have to worry about them coming back. Seems like your shop would be would be dependent upon tourists because it's not big enough. It's not as big as, you know, if the whole shop's 800 square foot, I'd be shocked. 
Right. You know, five people smoking in there would fill that shop up. Right. You know, they only had one air, one area, and it was right in front of the humidor, and you would obviously have to da- dodge around the register to to smoke there. Right. But anyway, so let's go back to let's go to something happy. All I right. Always like to go something. First, I need to stop and talk about this Superfly. It's hollow. Hollow. It is. This is the first way. The best way to describe this cigar, and I hope it gets better. I hope as it warms up, it comes more alive. But it has strength, but it doesn't have flavor. It, it feels hollow. It's got a lot of a lot of mouth feel on the very front end, but no depth to it. Nothing. There's nothing motivating me to to keep puffing this cigar. So it's a lot like the movies you like. <laughs> Touche. You were right. It was Downtown Cigars in Dauphin that that I went to when I was down there. Great little shop, tiny, and nothing in the humidor, but fun vibe. So I I thought it might have been the same one. Same kind of cantankerous employees. Yeah, I mean, you know, if a cigar business is a relationship business. You and I sat out here and talked about this last night. The cigar business is a relationship business. And if you're not a people person, don't open a cigar lounge. For crying right. out loud, open a chicken farm, do something, but don't but don't open a cigar lounge if you're not a people person. Well, and it's funny too because I can think of a handful of people in this town, for example, that are not people people, and the business or lack thereof in their cigar shops is pretty indicative of that. Yeah, they survive reflected. because they're the only shop in a particular neighborhood or area of town, but otherwise you don't. It, it, so today is a perfect example. It's game four of the Braves Cardinals NLDS series. This place is packed, and people are cheering, and they're hanging out, and they're having a good time. At 3 o'clock, well, the game started at 2 on a Monday. That's a rare shop. Not There aren't a whole lot of shops in this area that can that where people feel so comfortable and welcome that they just... You know, right? Hey, I'm gonna knock off early today and go watch the game at right. the shop. There are there are some other shops in town where the person behind the counter who whose name is on the deed is so cantankerous that you just wouldn't dare. Right? Yeah, you wouldn't want to fool with it. You. So, moving forward, and uh, what are you? Th- what's what's your feeling now that I've? I imagine you've never scrutinized a cigar as hard as you have the <laughs> one in your hand. That's not entirely true, but um, it's really good. What was the price point on it? Like eight eight ninety nine, yeah. seven ninety nine. It was a great price. That's for about a what great I would have stick. expected for it, actually. Yeah, it's. I mean, it would fall in the cigar under eight category all day. And they had. I wish I'd went ahead and picked up a couple of the Maduro and the Connecticut, but the Habana was so good, and I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to overload myself. Right. And I already had. You know, when I go on a cruise, I assume that I'm gonna smoke fifteen cigars. That's a five day cruise. That's three cigars a day, so I carry twenty five. Right. To 30. So I already had 25 to 30 cigars in the humidor because I don't just want to have enough cigars to do it. I want to have enough cigars to that have I always have a choice. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. This past weekend was my annual camping trip that I've been doing for 10 years. And unfortunately, this year I couldn't go. And so, but my rule of thumb on that trip has always been three cigars a day. Uh, and, and I usually take it's there Thursday. Friday, Saturday, and then we come back on Sunday. But I always packed as if it was a five-day trip. Right. Yeah, You because you want to have enough to have choice. Yeah. But, okay, well, when we come back, 
I want to talk about the Balmoral La Flor Dominicana collaboration. This cigar has got me excited. Um, Not as excited as I am about the new Toscano, but we'll talk about that as well. That's exciting. Yeah, so let's uh, hit a cigar under eight, and we'll be back after this. You going to bring it in or am I? Trey here with this week's Cigar Under 8. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> want to talk about, you know, Shane, you were just on a whirlwind road trip this past weekend. Want to highlight shop-specific house blend cigars. Pretty much every shop that you go in that has a house cigar is going to be under $8. They're always going to be under 8 They're usually pretty good because, the, the you know, this cigar is going to reflect the palate of the shop. Right. It should, in you know, in honesty, it should reflect the palate of the shop, not the palate of the owner. Sometimes you get a little bit of that. And when choosing, and this is one of the things now, neither of the shops I visited happened to have a house cigar. But I always ask. I always yes. look for a house cigar. And I always choose the Habano. Usually they, when they have a house cigar, they're going to have a Connecticut, they're going to have a Maduro, and then they'll either have a Sun Grown or a Habano. Mm-hmm. I always go middle of the road. I typically do, too. Uh, pretty often you'll just find a, a Maduro or a, or a Connecticut, but if you do have that, I mean, your palate may vary, uh, but I, I tend to do this the same. Um, and if, the, if they only have the Connecticut and the Maduro, I'm generally going to go to Connecticut. See, I would go Maduro. See, I feel, I feel like I get more complexity. My chances of getting complexity out of a Connecticut are far better than my chances of getting it out of a Maduro. That, all, that also depends on the, the blend or the whoever makes it. Uh, so I'd say kind of cigar cast top tip on this. When they tell you about their house blend, make sure and find out who makes it. If, or, it's, someone you, if it's someone you know a little bit about or maybe don't, um, let that kind of be your guide as to which one you take. That'll help. So try your local house blend until next week. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane. Sitting across from the man who met the Cigar Smoking World Championship was holding up a sign with his Venmo number saying, I need Padron money, Mr. Trey Dedman. That might be the <laughs> only reason to go. <laughs> you think it would work? I, mean, I think you got, what, almost $1.50? Right. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere out of that. Well, if I were one of those people, that would last me six hours. $1.50 well, worth of Padron. And we, we did spend quite a bit of time in here arguing the other day whether or not, because we're re- referencing, what was the name of the kid? The uh, Carson King. Yeah, then him giving the money to charity or should mm-hmm. he have kept it. And we won't get into that debate here on the cigar cast, but there was a long debate here on the shop, uh, pretty evenly split between keep it and give it to charity. Right. Or was I the only one that said keep it? No, you weren't the only one that said keep it. But I think where it, where it ended up being a 50-50 split was that most people said give some of it away, keep some of it. Versus, yeah. versus once the number got to a certain point, he just said, I'm taking all of it. I'm getting rid of it. Yeah, see, I just kept it all. And I, and I love the defense. Well, you got to pay taxes on it. Oh, no, I have to pay taxes on free money. However, will I survive? Which, he's going to have to pay taxes on it anyway. Right. Even though he gave it away. Which, of course, he'll, he'll get the deduction if he gave it to tax-deductible institution. True, but how much, of a, how much is a college student deducting from his taxes that it, it works out? Because Venmo makes you deposit it into your account before you can do anything with it. So it's going to hit, you know, that $2 million or whatever is going to hit his bank account. And the IRS is going to go, hey, we want some of that. 
Balmoral La Flor Dominicana Collaborations Cigar Ships. This is from a I have a feeling you're trying to shut me up. Well, I, was just, well, I didn't want to rekindle the debate. I didn't want us to burn <laughs> half a show rehashing like the we brain did trust the, meeting. the first half of the show talking about cigar shops. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Balmoral Paso Doble, the second cigar created under the collaborative Balmoral Series Signatura by Royal Ajaggio Cigars. The... I didn't pronounce any of those words. Right. No, you didn't. <laughs> I missed Have you ever every seen, one. <laughs> it's like, it reminded me of uh, Vegas Vacation with uh, Papa Giorgio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but you say it confidently, you say it fast, and you keep moving. That's, that's right. That's the way you do it. And uh, this it comes. It's a. Um, dem- Sorry, folks. We're recording at a drag strip tonight, <laughs> apparently. Well, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place tonight because if we record inside, then we get the raucous cheers of everyone watching the Braves game. And if we record outside, we get all of the traffic. Yeah, the people trying to get home, apparently, before rush hour hits. So can I finish talking about this cigar now? Um I'm not the one that stopped you. I don't have a V8 driving down Carruthers. Thank you very much. It's made of an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, an Ecuadorian Sumatra binder, and filler from Dominican Republic and Brazil. This this kind of has Shane written all this over it. This does have Shane written all over it. And the fact is, they uh, they they really don't have your size though. Well, but they've got a couple of interesting sizes. You know, five and three quarter by fifty. I'm out. Uh, six and a quarter by fifty four. I can manage. You can handle that. And seven by fifty-five Figurado that could sneak up on you and be a good size. It could be. So I'm. I'm I have a feeling that seven by fifty-five Figurado is is going to change a couple of times during the smoking of it as well. Now their price point's a little high. You know, eleven and a quarter to sixteen fifty. That's that's a little bit. Um, this is a. That's probably the most I've ever seen uh, of, of a price change dictated by size. Yeah, definitely. Um, but just kind of a, I'm interested to try it. Then I am kind of scared at that price point that I'll really, really like it. And also, you had a cigar you were excited about. Yeah, so it's a limited edition, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my hands on it, although I think I may have to call up our friends over at Toscano and say, hey, what's it going to take? Uh, what's it going to take for me to put you in this cigar today? That's right. <laughs> hey, I can be persuasive. Um so Toscano has announced the Asolo, which is, it comes from First Violin, is where the, and, and this is what I love. Now, this article is from Cigar Journal, but you just have to love the Italians, right? Um, in an orchestra, the soloist recognizes the ability of particular music virtuosity uh, in a, that particular, and it just, it, it, the way they describe it, I'm not going to read it word for word, but they describe the cigar as part of a symphony. And when we were smoking the Toscanos a few weeks ago, that was one of the things that we kind of talked about a little bit of how the flavors change. And in such a simple cigar on paper, you get so much character and flavor out of it. I can't imagine this is going to be anything short of amazing. It looks like it is, and there's some hints in the article. They don't never come out and say it, but is, does it feel in the article like this may be a little bigger Toscano than what we're used to smoking? Did you get that vibe off of it? I, I did. They're, they're calling it a magnum shape, um, which it doesn't look that much bigger based on the photo, but that could just be perspective 
Um, yeah, it's not like they got it laying next to a ruler. I think all cigar photos should be laying next to a ruler. That would make life so much easier for us. But apparently, uh, to make this cigar, all of their rollers went under special training, and it uses North American Kentucky uh, tobacco as well as Italian and... and uh, more North American and More Kentucky. North American <laughs> Kentucky. Um, so... Uh, you know, it's it's similar to what they're already doing in their other blend, so I don't know what flavor characteristics are going to come out on this. But um, I really can't wait till I find out where this is going to be. And I will I will travel to find it if I have to. Yeah, I, I think we'll get them here because this is a shop that sells a lot of Toscano. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and people here really like that, that. I think it'll be a question of getting them before they're gone. Oh, absolutely. As opposed to actually them making it into the store. Mm-hmm. And all, but now, let's talk about a Forbes article about cigars. Okay. And all, because you've spoken about this cigar on the air before. And all, it's the La Polina Goldie. This and, is an absolute phenomenal cigar. It's super rare. It's really hard. It's so, it, but on top of being really hard to find, just because La Polina is hard to find. It's even hard to find for a La Polina. Well, and all of the cigars from 2012 with the original Goldie batch was made by the same roller mm-hmm. in the Titan de Bronze factory, Maria Sierra. And all, she's passed away now. But so you think about all the cigars being made by one roller. That's, that's something I've never seen. That's unique to the Goldie, I believe. I believe so, too. It's interesting as well, because when it was first released, it was a Lancero. Or at least it was more of a Lancero than this one is. They're calling this a Churchill, uh, but they don't give the exact specs on length or ring gauge. But the only complaint I've ever had about Goldie is the same complaint I have about all Lanceros, is that they are so prone to a bad draw. Right. The margin for error on a on a Lancero when it comes to construction getting a good draw is very high. That's probably one of the reasons that they used only one roller. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's got the technique down. She can make this cigar draw. Let's use the one roller because one roller. You know, um, just a little behind the scenes in the cigar business. One roller can roll. Pedro limits his rollers to 350 cigars a day. Mm-hmm. And all in in most instances, that's his general rule of thumb. And he said, you know, it may take them all day, it may not take them all day. It just depends on what cigar, but never more than the three hundred cigar, three hundred fifty cigar a day limit is rolled by his rollers because for quality control reasons. So you know, you think one person rolling three hundred fifty cigars a day, you could knock ten thousand out pretty darn quick. I mean, less yeah. than a month, you can knock out ten thousand cigars. Right. So there, there is some production to that. It's not as daunting, but it is interesting to see Forbes actually talk about the Goldie. That's that's one of the things that caught me on this. Right. And I, which this is the second or third article we've had from Forbes. Forbes is yeah, not. They've been stepping up their uh, their cigar game lately. It looks like. Now going from Forbes to another cigar, sorry, another cigar um, magazine, a magazine not known for cigars. Hot Living. Oh, you, you are going to bring this yes, one up. Yes, you, you brought this article to the table, and I can't resist. Okay. So are you going to let me be the jerk, or are you going to take the realm on this? We'll, we'll be equal jerks. Okay. So this article is, yeah, from Hot Living. It, what's it, and I've talked about this on the show before. Um, I have a Google alert set up for news articles about cigars. 
And so that kind of helps us, you know, compile um, all the content for the show every week. And, and so this one came across t- today. Um, it was actually released today, October 7th, and that's important. Gurkha unveils three new cigars. And the article goes to talk about three cigars that they released at IPCPR three months ago. But it's talking about it as if they're about to come out. This news article, in quotes, is such an obvious advertisement. Yes. It it looks like the guy, it reads like the guys over at Gurkha were just so desperate to get their cigars in front of more people. They said, hey, we'll pay you advertising costs, but make it look like an article, like you care, because no one does. Well, and it definitely reads just like copy sent from Gurkha. Like they said, okay, we're going to send you this article. You send us back a number how much it costs for us to put this on your website. Because at the bottom, they even have Gurkha Cigars additional items. The Marquesa, the Cellar Reserve, the Cellar Reserve 15-year, Gurkha Grand Reserve. Yeah. So it it does kind of feel like, and this goes back to what I was was actually talking to the the Gurkha-ish rep that we have here. And he's a good guy, friend of mine, like him a lot. And I just told him, I said, will you please tell Juan to quit spending so much money advertising and fix his cigars? If he'll fix his cigars, the advertising will we'll take be, care of itself. You won't, you know, there's a reason Padron does not need advertising. Right. You know, you see some advertising for Padron and Aficionado, but I think that's more tradition than actually anything else. Um, spend the money on the cigar. Let's not spend the money because Gurkha. I have Gurkha knives that they had made that they that, you know that I've say got a Gurkha, Gurkha on backpack. The yeah, the Gurkha is by far the the leader, second only to Drew Estate in the swag department. And I will say, in their defense, they do that piece very very well. Their boxes are some of the prettiest in any humidor. Their accessories and their freebies you get at events are second to none maybe drew estate but depending on what you but their cigar if they would take half of the money they spend on that stuff and just put it into the development of cigars that are worth smoking i think they would see a much greater return on investment yeah just just hire some blenders for crying out loud hire some good blenders hire some guys or just just hire a local podcast to smoke your cigars and tell you what you need to do differently i mean don't sign us up for that (laughs) for could you imagine (laughs) Even for free, you would want to be a taster for Gurkha wait, wait, cigars. Wait, wait. No, no, I didn't say free. I did say hire. And I, I wouldn't be cheap. I can tell you, my talents like mine. Now we, I, since you missed the cigar on the front end, we're gonna have to take a little less money for you. But since I hit it dead on, I'm, I'm gonna go top dollar here. All right. <laughs> I'm definitely going. It's definitely going to cost them, but if they if they're willing to make the investment, I'll sit down and smoke a few of their cigars and give them some realistic opinions on what needs to change. But I, but we did see that article, and you're you're right. It does kind of make us sound like jerks, but the fact of the matter is, work on the cigars. The advertising will handle itself. It does. I just it just makes me wonder because you know do. Do they think that the consumer is not smart enough to recognize that that's a paid advertisement? Or do they just not know any better? Are they stupid or are they dumb? I think it's just casting a wide net. They're just trying to cast, you know, because they advertise in Maxim and they advertise in, even on the Carnival Cruise Boat. 
on the Carnival Cruise boat, I happened to walk by their humidor, and the only premium cigar they had in their humidor was a Gurkha Cellar Reserve. Oh. And all, which I which made me feel bad. I mean, it really <laughs> did bother me. But that hits that any port in a storm <laughs> to a to a, a little too on the nose, doesn't it? Yeah, I just I just assume not smoke, fellas. I'm sorry. So, do you want to talk about the other article you brought from thestatesman.com? We can. Um, once, so, this isn't. There's not a whole lot here. I just thought this was really great. Um, some of you may know the name Richard Overton. At one time, Richard Overton was the oldest surviving veteran of World War II. He since passed away, so there's a new oldest, but. This guy was kind of famous for attributing his long life to cigars and whiskey. And so apparently there is some talks in the work about converting his home into a um, an historic site. So apparently the house still... I don't. It doesn't say here when he passed away, um, but they've his home is apparently still preserved even with his fi- the the butt of his final cigar still in the ashtray in the living room uh, but he he was known to smoke about 12 cigars a day i just like the idea that um, that, that someone with with a rich history who did a lot with his life and is kind of known for being a cigar smoker is being still hailed as a hero rather than being Kind of oh well no wonder and and pushed aside like tobacco users in general. Well, but the interesting part about this is nobody gives him any guff about smoking twelve cigars a day and drinking whiskey, and even when because you, he lived to one hundred and twelve. Well, and if you'll notice, I've zoomed in here. You see the box of cigars sitting there is um, probably El Cheapo Naturals. Yeah. And there's a Bic lighter, so he was right. obviously lighting them with a Bic lighter. Um, I don't know how he was cutting them. I'm going to assume he was biting them off. There's no cutter there. That's right. It doesn't say what branch of the military he was in, but I'm assuming if he were a Marine, he's just biting the tip off and going well, for it. Once you have decided to stand tall in hell, you get an in you get a lifetime of pass of pass yeah, yeah. if you want to light it with flint and tinder or you want to light it with a bic or ever how you want to light it whatever cigar you want to smoke i officially now i can't believe somebody didn't step up and get this man a decent box of cigars right i mean it, <laughs> if Gurkha's willing to throw money at hot living how did we not get this guy a decent <laughs> box of cigars <laughs> Also, well, if they donated it, he'd still be missing the, the mark. But. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is this is the beat up on Gurkha hour. Well, if you're going to lob them <laughs> up, you, you can't throw softballs at me like that and expect me not to swing. I don't know. You you were hitting Gurkha pretty hard. No, but I do. Th- it does it does mention the fact that towards the end of his life, there was you know financially, it wasn't like he could afford to go out and spend uh, you know mon- padrone money, so to speak. There was actually a GoFundMe account that was set up to pay for his home care towards the end of his life. So, you know, I guess veteran b- benefits aren't what they should be. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm Clearly, but we know that. But, hey, let me tell you something. The, the veterans out there, you know, we have a Korean War veteran that comes here on Friday night that's part of the Brain Trust. Mm-hmm. I can assure you, if that man smokes a cheap cigar in this shop, it's because he wanted a cheap cigar. Because if he comes in and he wants a good cigar, one of us will happily yeah. please put that on my tab and go pick it up for you. Right. 
You know, I, I can guarantee you he only smokes a cheap cigar here when he wants. Now, he happens to like the Obsidian. It's one of, you know, from Asylum. It's the cigar he likes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but it's the cigar he likes. But anyway, moving. But a, but a fun story out of Austin and just showing how a community, you know, rallying around a hero. And I think that's pretty great. That is great. So last article for the night. Um, I do want to talk about something that made me happy today that probably shouldn't have. And it is from the Beatrice Daily Sun. And the lawmaker or cigar companies are suing Nebraska lawmakers, suing the Nebraska Attorney General, to be more specific, um, for their deciding to lump cigars in as cigarettes. And if you read this article, which right now it's not letting me know, and I don't know why, but for some reason it's decided not to let me. There we go. Now it's letting me. Swisher International and Cheyenne International and the Cigar Association of America last week sued Nebraska's Attorney General and Tax Commissioner. A law passed earlier this year changing the definition of cigarette to include vaping products and certain cigars for tax purposes. So, what is... uh, You've, you've listened to this show a couple of times. Just a few. What is the portion of that particular sentence that I latched on well, to like yes. a pit bull of a chew toy? Yeah. Well, and but it, it goes without saying that the, the inclusion of vaping in all of this uh, tobacco legislation is where the hiccup comes from. We know that. It's, it's the case in all of this that we're dealing with. Um, but it says that... Um, Pretty much, there's been a long-standing distinction between cigars and cigarettes, mace, uh, various factors, but mostly on the fact that tobacco, uh, wrap, or cigars are wrapped in tobacco and cigarettes in paper, and then there's some other stuff too. So, I mean, with vape, you don't have a wrapper at all, um, but it just it just shows More tobacco, right? But yes, this goes back to what I what we've been the drum we have been pounding so fervently is why, oh why, every time they try to go after vaping, do they try to snag my cigar? Right. I don't understand. It's like somebody's walking down the street and sees somebody vaping and runs over and jerks the cigar out of my mouth and stomps on it. I am surprised, though, that you didn't latch on to the fact that it was Swisher International that brought this lawsuit. Uh, along with the Cigar Association of America, but Swisher, you know, kind of being known for their machine. I mean, I know they own Drew Estate now, but kind of being known for machine made, which you don't necessarily think too highly of either. I don't, but they do qualify as cigars if just barely. But they do fit the definition of a cigar if just barely. If for nothing else than the fact that they own a real cigar company. Right. For At least they're trying. So, right. But thought that was interesting. I, we'll keep you updated how this lawsuit progresses. I hope they win. And all the Nebraska Attorney General has made it clear that they're going to defend this, that they're going to try to defend their their lumping gazelles and, you know, turtles into the same right. into the same category zoologically. So, but anyway, so give me the judgment, La Galera. Uh, five and a half. Five and a half? That's that's probably fair. I'm I for value's sake I would bump it to a six. Okay. I mean you know for val- the sake value of, for me it was free. So yeah, I'll I'll go up to six. <laughs> <laughs> well for value's sake I would definitely bump it to a six. Unfortunately the Oscar Superfly 
is a four. I mean, it's just, it's hollow. It's just strength for the sake of strength. And it's not even got any depth to it or any feel yeah. to it. I I don't know that I'll finish this cigar after we go off there. Oh, wow. I don't know that I'll that actually. That almost never happens. Yeah, usually I'll ride it out. But I'm, I'm halfway through this cigar, and I'm still getting nothing. I'm still getting that emptiness. Um, I just don't know that I want to burn the time it'll take to smoke the rest of this cigar on this cigar. And all, but tell them how to get hold of us, Trey. All right, so we are available on Facebook at facebook.com slash the cigarcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. And you can always email us over at info at the cigarcast.com. And we have had quite a few new listeners in the last couple of weeks since you've been gone, so I just want to say a special hello and welcome to all the people that have just started listening to us recently and for reaching out and letting us know you're enjoying the show. We are certainly glad to have that kind of feedback and glad to have you listening. And I'd love to have some questions from a li- from some new listeners, even if it's something we've covered in the past that we haven't covered recently. Um, I would really love to have some feedback from some new listeners, kind of, hey, what would you like to hear about? What would you like to hear us talk about and expound upon? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, especially, you know, we probably need to, in the coming weeks, we need to recover our ranking system. Our ranking system is a scale of one to seven. Right. Starting with, I would only smoke it if it's offered to me by a grouchy third world dictator and going all the way up to, this is better than air. Right. I mean, just um, the difference in the cigar ratings that we use as opposed to aficionado and anything like that. And all, but thank you everybody for listening. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. (laughs) 